Okay, well, uh, we'll do the three, two, one together, shall we? Yeah, let's try that. I think we okay. should record that. It's quite funny. Should we do, do it and then record it? Well, I mean, where would you put it? Would you put it before the, the theme song or after the theme song? We'll just practice it. We'll do, we'll do a practice. We'll do a practice when I ask you about how, how bad I am at technology. All right, well, let's just, just go. Re- um, and, and three, three two, two, one. one. Do you, are, you, are you trying to say it in unison with me or not? Oh, it's weird because it's coming out after I'm saying it. Okay, okay so okay. Let's try, maybe it's just the way. It's probably just the um, connection. Here we go. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Jono and Dorge podcast. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure in the raw. Raw, raw, raw. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure. No holds barred. No holds barred. Okay, welcome to episode four of Full Disclosure. Jono, coming to you live from Torquay, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm here, George. I'm in Torquay. G'day. Uh, yes. I would, yeah, yep, hello. Good to say hello again. Um, so, what are you, what are you doing in Torquay? I'm um, just, just checking in on Beck and Pato, sister Beck, uh, and their gorgeous two and a bit year old, my nephew Lenny. Yeah, because you're an uncle. Quite, I'm an uncle. Jono the uncle. Yeah, Uncle John. He calls me Gono. It's pretty cute. Uh, sounds a bit like gonorrhea, though, doesn't it? Unfortunately. Well, not, not, I mean, it's the beginning of, it sounds like, yeah, I guess so. It sounds like Gonzo. So, no, it sounds like gonorrhea to me, mate. Gonzo. Jo- anyway, George, how are you, mate? This, this is, more I'm importantly, you've, you've been in, like, when, it's, you're in crisis, you're in flux. Last time I spoke <laughs> okay. to you, you were moving out of your, your house in Glebe. How did that go? Yes, I have to apologise to our listeners. I did promise them a Tin Winton radio play, and that won't be happening this week because of the drastic measures going on in my day-to-day life and existence. I have moved out of after 10 years of um, St. John's Road, Glebe. I've been a Glebe boy. I've got Glebe shirts. I've been a part of the Glebe uh, talks uh, with, with you, Jono, yep. famously, and I've had to move out. Why did you have to move out? Why did you have to move out? What did you do? Uh, I didn't do anything. The lovable owner, Emma, who's a friend of mine from Perth, had yep. to. she's getting the abode renovated, and it's going to take 10 years worth of renovation will mean six months it will take to, to get the place in decent nick. <laughs> and there's an exorcist coming in as well, isn't there? Just to there's get... no exorcist. No, there's nothing like, nothing like that at all. If those um, walls could talk. Jeez, get out the black light. Seems to be a mo- Are you trying to insinuate the weird weird stuff? There was no eyes wide shut parties. <laughs> yeah, all those, my... ice, those ice parties you had, those sex parties. <laughs> yeah, all those crazy, yeah, with the, with the strap-ons and no, the but... meth and everything. Yeah, it was full, disclosure, full disclosure, full yeah. disclosure, there was... Lots of kick-ons there. I lived there with you and a lot of kick-ons when I was in bed, you'd bring people back. But also there was a huge party every year, um, Glebe, Vivid Glebe. So, yeah, huge. it's just a party house. Well, I wouldn't say it's just a party house. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a fair bit more going on than just parties. Just a dump, just a dump that occasionally we cleaned up to have a, a, a rollicking party. No, that's not true. You, I don't want to devalue the 10 years you spent there. Amazing, amazing history. A lot of auditions. A lot of auditions got put down in that particular house. <laughs> not, no, I think a really great success rate of about one in 2,000 on average. But uh, no, it wasn't quite that bad. But uh, a lot of monologues, a lot of, uh, a lot of creativity in the yeah. house. Uh, a lot of music written. Uh, a lot of, uh, not a lot of, actually not a lot of writing. Let's be honest with each other. <laughs> there was that time that you and I had a deadline and you brought out a, a joint. And we, uh, you said this will be, this will work, and we didn't get that. We didn't get that one. Did I put? Did I pull a joint out? Did, yeah. did I really do that? You go, we need inspiration, <laughs> and we smoked a joint. That was a we, did get, we, we did get it done, though, didn't we? Yeah, we, we did. Got, we got, yeah, we weren't yeah, the deadline. Yeah, what, we didn't good. get picked up though. No, surprisingly. surprisingly, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but George, you sound in much better spirits because when I spoke mm. to you, it was probably about a week ago. Oh, no, it probably. On the weekend, Friday, Friday. I thought you were on your way to the rope shop, mate. You sounded absolutely. You, you, I said, "Do you have anyone helping you?" And you said, "No, nah, uh, no one's helping me. My friends are fucked. Uh, if you want something done, do it yourself." You were very defeatist. Did um, did people end up stepping up? 
Yes. Uh, Jono, you did point out you get by with a little help from my friends, and I did take that on board the note. You do have to ask people for help, and a lot of people came out of the woodwork. But Dorge, Dorge, people aren't just like like waiting around going, I wonder what if Dorge is moving today. Yeah, you need to tell them. That, that was they were Jono's words. I, I did come out with the whole... You want something done properly, you have to do it yourself. You can't trust anyone these days. Uh, people are just in it for themselves. It's every man for himself. No one cares. There's no community. What's gone wrong with the world? I went on my full uh, Alan Jones dialogue. Um, but, yeah, it, I did ask and people did come out of the woodwork. And as Andy Ryan pointed out and as you've already pointed out, there have been many parties and kick-ons, uh, kick-ons over the years. And um, it, I think people felt happy to oblige. I just kept thinking of all the things I've done for everyone else, you know, all the yeah. barbecues I put on, all the... Bart parties I put on all the all the free alcohol and and the you know the the, the ice all field sort of- sex parties, <laughs> <laughs> all the fun parties, um and and the fact that everyone was happy to you know enjoy the cream when it was flowing but um I don't know why I use the cream uh when it was flowing but <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got your mind in the, those parties mate. Yes. Enjoy the enjoy the just desserts of yes. uh, my spoils of labour. Yet yes. when it came to actually stepping up and doing the hard yards. They went around. But again, of course, I did draw out an analogy, John, of when you and a couple other mates who shall remain nameless did help on some cleanups of some of the parties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do see there's some trusted few people that you can rely on consistently and others who just tell you to get removalists. Uh, that was what Damien Faligas is famous for saying. Just get some removalists. Just get, why, would, why would you need me? Just get a removalist. Which did isn't bad add- logic. It's not bad logic because no. we are adults now. And there's and you've no got re- disposable to income. You've income. got your voiceover money. Yeah, well, there is that. But it, it, you like just, you like you like rolling your sleeves up. You probably don't. Your Buddhist kind of leanings don't like you. Don't like employing people to 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 lift stuff for you. Well, it's ten years. It was ten years worth of debris. I mean, that stuff. I had to hire a skip in. A full, I don't uh, need to know. I don't need to know his ethnicity, mate. Just a bin. I had to hire an, a bin of. Yeah. Uh, it was from out way out west, so it probably wasn't yeah. a, a skip bin. It was yeah. it was a, a multicultural bin, I and I threw in a, a lot of multicultural objects. There was lots of things going in there. I should have thrown in that cult, horrible cultural appropriation CD player holder. Is that yours or Chris Honor's? The one with the African <laughs> head on top of it, carved out of wood. Was that not mine? I've pretty much got everything left that sh- of mine. That's shocking. I, yeah, I feel bad have, about so leaving what- it at the front. What are some of the strangest things you found in 10 years of, of um, cleaning up? As I mentioned to you off air, a lovable friend, Mr. Woodman, who we won't give uh-huh. his first name because no. it will give away that because he's such a drug pig, was asking about <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> what substances I might have found around the house. There was no substances because famously, John I moved in once. And what did you find in, in the room, John, when you moved into oh, a yeah, certain this, room? Yeah, I'm, I moved in uh, to a room where there was a former um, drug dealer uh, was living in there before me. And I, I'm not the neatest person. I'm, not, I'm sure... I'm not as messy as Dorgy, but I um, I was cleaning my room a little bit and I found a bag of cocaine, just a, just a little bag of cocaine. So from then on, it was like every time I was cleaning my room, it was an Easter egg hunt. I was completely uh, just, well, what are we going to find now? Like those pigs looking for truffles that you were talking yeah. about before. You're like a drug pig just snorting around. Like, what can I find? What can I find? Ed, the funny thing was, it, and that's the other thing that the listeners probably don't know, I'm not sure if we mentioned, but my house is next door to a police station. So yes, yes I did have... A um a good friend who was a hopeless can I just say a hopeless drug dealer like you know he 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 was a lovely guy a lovely guy but he would a use his own product b give it to friends for free c he wasn't living the the lifestyle that you'd expect you, you know you expect boats and women and, and fast cars he was that's what they promised you know, a crappy hatchback and and pretty depressed watching Seinfeld most <laughs> most days on the couch how can you be um, depressed watching Seinfeld if anything's going to get you in a good mood it'd be Seinfeld. Well, that was what he was doing to com- combat his depression, I guess uh-huh. is what I'm saying. And he'd play mm. a fair bit of um, PS- PS4. Play- he was into a game called, um, I can't remember, it was like a, a, like a Dungeons & Dragons-y type role-playing game. Uh-huh. Poor guy, lovely guy. And he ended up going down, actually. He went up going down. Uh, the, he got done and uh, spent time. some time in jail. But I should keep it light. But the point is, he didn't even <laughs> what, he didn't give any of the uh, and, fringe benefits. And a benefits. big shout-out to all our listeners in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! All the guys locked up. That are yeah. You can't see this, but I'm I'm doing the uh, universal uh, mime for solidarity with my brothers in the bin. Who did that? Who, which which sports stars have recently done that? Oh, uh, um, well, there's been a few. Uh, yeah. Tim Cahill famously did it with his hands crossed because his Tim- brother was in jail when he scored uh, a goal. I don't do it crossed. I like to do it wrist to wrist. Yeah, just like well, I'm in I'm in chains. <laughs> Who's saying you've that? Ne- you've never um, been to jail, mate, and, and you don't, and you wouldn't go well in jail. Oh yes, spell it, mate. Great. Spell jail. <laughs> spell it. Uh, well, it's you can't spell it's it if you haven't been there. What can't you? Well, it's got secret spelling. What? That's what like is it? In- 
G A O L J O L. That's not secret. Everyone knows that spelling. There's nothing <laughs> no, secret about that. No, until recently, I thought it was J A I L. No, but it's spelled both ways. You know. No, that, no, right? no, no. Only one way. There's only one way, mate. Name, you would yeah. not. You'd have. I'd have to beat you until you're really <laughs> ugly before you. I'd have to get a crowbar to your head. You would just get absolutely. You'd get obliterated. Your ass would be on the oh, ground. You'd oh, get piled in. Oh, there'd be, dodge, a, be a line of dudes oh. just waiting. <laughs> They'd put a train on you, dude. They'd put a train on you. <laughs> okay, just uh, full disclosure, shout out to, uh, he's been on board since the beginning, Pete Braden, one of uh, the pod's best friends. He's very anti, he works in government and he's very anti uh, jokes about jail. He thinks that's the next the next thing that will, in, in five years time, no one will be making jokes about. Oh, Dodge, Dodge, that's, you've gone really quiet because you respect Pete Braden's opinions. Well, I mean, it's, look, it's probably, he's got a, probably got a valid point. The problem is <laughs> jail, even as a term, I think it's going to change because mm-hmm. you look at something like the Scandinavian model for jails where they integrate them gradually. In, I shouldn't say them, but, you know, the, the criminals are slowly integrated into society to the point where they don't re-offend. They're treated with respect. So mm. I think the issue we have is how um, badly we treat people in jail. When I say badly, I'm not saying, you know, we're, we're whipping them with the cat of nine tails. I'm just saying we're not, I don't think we're doing taking active steps to help them stop from reoffending. I'm not saying we should put them with PlayStations and have a, a you know, it's not like a, a, an expensive rehab clinic. You shouldn't be able to sitting there on a holiday, but there should be active steps taken to help um, these people, A, not reoffend, and B, probably sort of help them curb their antisocial behaviour if they do tend in that direction. Mm, so. Curb their enthusiasm for antisocial behaviour. Yeah, actually, on that note, I'll just quickly digress with Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was at a bar this week. I don't go to bars very often. I was at a bar this week with, a, with, my, with my girlfriend. Yeah. And um, this guy, was one of the barflies. I love, you know, I love lending an ear to a barfly conversation. Cause I just <laughs> you do. Find it fascinating. Because, you know, they, they consider themselves essentially philosophers. They're totally. basically the philosophers of our No of our more teen. Now. No more teen for you. You keep the more teen at home and you encourage barflies. I do. Because they are. They are. You know, they're our... They're, um, there are Banjo Pattersons. There are philosophers. Dusties. They are. They are. And in, in Australian culture and every culture, every culture, I go to a lot of bars all around the world. And that's where mm-hmm. I get the best philosophy on life. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say best, but I get the most content on life. And this guy was at the bar and he was talking about how in Scandinavia, he went in Sweden in particular, he went to get a beer. It was like 11.30, I think. And he was shocked to find he couldn't get a beer anywhere in town. So all the bars were closed. <laughs> and he said, he used this as the term curb your enthusiasm. He said, that's why you guys are getting so much more done than we're getting done here in Australia because we have pubs on every corner and it's too easy to grab a beer. It curbs our enthusiasm for life. And did he say result, curb we, your enthusiasm? Yeah, he did. He said mm. it curbs our enthusiasm for life. And as a result, um, we're not getting as much done in terms of business and ingenuity and invention, mm. which was an interesting... It just basically said we're a bunch of pissheads, I suppose, which is funny because he was actually drinking alcohol at the time, as he said, we're a bunch of pissheads. Um, so it was, it was mildly... Mildly amusing. Were you? Did you interact with him or did you just listen to it? No. Often I just... You'd be surprised. I can just listen sometimes. I don't have to interject with my, <laughs> with my two cents. I would be surprised. What, were you doing, what bar were you at? Uh, it's uh, one of the many bars in Glebe. And that's why we... Probably it's probably a good thing I'm leaving. There's, there's like seven pubs in Glebe. And this is one of the pubs and it's called uh, The Nag's Head, which... Uh-huh. Um, is that a nag? What's a nag? It's, is that a, that's a, a sheep or something? A female sheep? It's a horse. Oh. Nag is a horse. Oh, a nag. Okay, yeah. the horse's head. So it's like a Godfather reference. Uh, good question. Uh, yeah, I feel like the Glebe, I've been told, used to be a series of stables. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think it's in reference to the, the um, stable-like history of, um, of Glebe, which is explains why there's so many rats. Apparently there's a lot of rats and mice and, um, yeah, and cats. And snakes. There used to be a snake problem in Glebe. Is that right? Yeah, well, yeah. That, that would be linked to the mice and rats, I reckon. And that would be the cats and snakes. Yeah, they go hand in hand, don't they? Interesting, interesting suburb. Um, so, George, my biggest concern with yes. the move is Tony Parker, our mm. well, our cat, but your cat. Uh, full disclosure: um, when we lived together the first time, uh, we've lived on two separate occasions together in Glebe. Uh, this cute little cat followed me home uh, down the street. He was a, a, a not a, a probably a teenager, a, a, a gelfling, and uh, had a, had balls on him. And big balls because he followed me in and and um, and ate in, ate in the house every night and slept on my bed, and then when I realised I had to go, well I didn't have to go, I was going overseas, uh, and Dorji's never had animals before. I realised that it wasn't fair that I'd just leave a cat with Dorji, so we brought him to the vet, and the 
vet said full disclosure to us that he doesn't have a chip and if he's not collected within what was it two weeks yeah yeah you've gone no, silent but, i just no, no, you, i've been good. warned that if i talk too well, you, long you, you've changed stories you've oh. changed the story yeah like you said that you took it to the vet because you realized you had to go it wasn't fair you didn't do that you were told we had to take it to the vet because obviously somebody's cat you were just oh, yeah, sleeping so with friendly. some random cat for like yeah. four or five nights yeah you're getting very attached to it, which is nice. You know, you love cats and you always love cats. Love but cats. But yeah, you bang on. And you're right. It wasn't two weeks. Close to that. Though. I think it was a week. He gave us a week to decide. And he said he gave us a deadline. You've got a week to take the cat or it's going to the pound, was yeah. where his words. Yeah. yeah, the pound, which means death. Uh, so we, we, we took him to the vet and then I was just, I knew I didn't have anything to, I couldn't, I wasn't, I wasn't even being manipulative. I was, I was literally very sad and I was, I was just moping around the house. And after about a week and a half, Dorge said, look, let's go to the vet. I'll take Tony Parker. And it's the nicest thing you've ever done, Dorge. It really was a, a wonderful. The nicest thing I've ever done was taking a cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, you saved a cat's life and you yeah, did, yes. you've never, you know, you've, you've, you, did you ever have pets growing up? Yeah. Heaps. <laughs> Heaps you can't tell the way you interact with animals, but uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and so Tony became your cat, and it's a beautiful friendship uh, emerged between the two of you. No, I don't think you told me you were going. What? You, yes, I, I did. Got the, yes, took, I did. No, we took the cat, and then you cried. We went to the cat cafe, and you're like, <laughs> "Look into your heart, Georgie. What would Tony? What would Tony want?" And I was like, "Stop crying." And I said, "Okay, I'll take the cat." Yeah. And then, like a week later, you're like, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to the states for three months in about in a week's time." It's like, nah. "What?" Nah. No, 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 that's not true. I, I knew I was going. Otherwise, we would, have, we would have kept the cat. But we had a great adventure on the way, didn't we, Dorch? We, uh, we met uh, another s- philosopher, maybe. We, because we, we, ne- we needed a, a carrier. Drug fiend. I, I think <laughs> some we tr- guy had a lot of drugs. <laughs> I think we there's a bit of that in Glee. We took Tony, yeah. I think, in a pillowcase to the vet, and we realised that that wasn't feasible to get him back. So we went to the Iraqi guy's two dollar shop, which yes. is not really a two dollar shop. There's a lot of things over two dollars, and he. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, uh, sir. Said, I'd just like to point out a minor detail. There's yeah. too many things over two dollars to be a two dollars shop. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, "Ah, fuck off." No, he was, <laughs> but he said this will be like thirty-seven bucks or something for the carrier, and we we're like, "Ah, oh, that's too much." And he just staunchly looked at us, and then this 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 uh, drug user philosopher said, "Bro, I'm lame." <laughs> like, excuse me, sorry. He goes, "Bro, I'm lame. I saw one of them boxes down on." Brahm Lane. Yeah, it did sound like a sheep. I think, and you're saying it better than he did. He actually went Brahm, Brahm Lane. Brahm Lane. (laughs) So we got out Google Maps and we went to Brahm Lane and and it wasn't there anymore. And then we had to go back to the Iraqi and pay full price. Pay full price. What can I just say about Brahm Lane and what he was pointing out to? He was pointing to what was a roadside refuse or what people do put on hard rubbish in Glebe. And um, I found much to my delight. I put out a whole bunch of hard rubbish in Glebe only about three or four days ago, and it mm. has disappeared in no time. It went literally; it was gone within a few hours. So, those these these um, suburban philosophers are very adept at picking out where to grab stuff as well. And I'm only too happy for that to be the case. I, you know, it's basically a relocation to a house that could use it better, but it's a fantastic service and sure beats the the council pickup. I can tell you that. What were the most valuable things you, you put on the side of the road? Well, there was a, a picture of some women in the 80s with um, oil all over their bodies and they were wearing little jumpsuits and they're doing um, exercises in aerobic gear. I never um, saw I, that. You kept that in your room. You kept that under lock and key, obviously. No, I, I picked it up. I found it as roadside like refuse. <laughs> I found it as roadside refuse. Um, and I thought it was pretty funny. Yep. Georgie hated it. She'd come yep. in and say, I want that down now. And then she yep. even put up a picture of Gosling with Halloween clothes on. She said, how do you like that as a, as a screen segment? I'm fine. I don't mind You would have loved that. You, would, you probably have that yourself <laughs> with your penchant for Gosling paraphernalia. Um, yeah. They brought that up. I went to a voiceover the other day and one of the guys was like, oh, Georgie. I was like, yeah, good to see you. I've heard you've been wearing a lot of Ryan Gosling gear lately. Well, they listen to the pod. Is that our first? No, I, I thought for a second it had, but it's only because I've been wearing Gosling gear to the voiceover. Some people have been commenting that I've got this, this voiceover guy walking around wearing... Gosling gear. I should point out, dear listeners, one thing I didn't we didn't mention in the "Who Are We" section is I do. I don't, uh, think, a, I don't think you should say, dear listeners. I think that's a bit. <laughs> why, why can't I say, dear listeners? I think prison your prison jokes and your dear listeners. They're on. They're on. Uh, no, I think. Look, I think we should we should plow ahead with the the prison jokes while we can, because Pete's ahead of the curve on that stuff. So like, it, yeah. it's like you know when. So you reckon before something becomes non PC, just slam through as much content as possible. Like the Israeli the... army when they say, you know, like in three days' time you've got to stop bombing there, and they just. Ah! <laughs> no. And stop. 
So you can, what? You we didn't can do, do anything. Your what? what? Didn't do anything. <laughs> there's no there's no city there. Oh, it wasn't us. We stopped now. That's, we're not even trying to do an Israeli accent. Now. Hey, we stopped. We stopped now, huh? Hey. Well, I was just going to say that you know something I, we're talking about voiceovers. I, I am a voiceover artist. I, I've been voicing SBS for about twelve years, Universal Channel for about five or six years. So we, if I make voiceover stories uh, or talk about them, it's because it's predominantly what I do. And you get this for free, podcasters, whereas they have that's to pay why a lot he sounds of money. Better than me. That's why he sounds better than me. And and um, yeah, it's not, uh, that's not the only reason. I actually have spent a lot of money on my equipment as well. Uh-huh. And so you're, you've got like a backyard hatchet job that have <laughs> put together. You found it on the side of the road and some earphones uh, that you got for 20 Found bucks. it in Brougham Lane, actually. I found the microphone and the headphones. Some. That's right. Speaking of microphone and headphones, why don't we go into some serious sound gear and move on to one of our beloved sections. It's coming out next is Jono Burns <laughs> with the infamous In the News. What's in the news today, Jono? It's Jono Burns with In The News. Well, it's good you said infamous, George, because uh, the Harvey Weinstein stuff is um, constantly, there's, there's live updates on the Harvey Weinstein news. He's, there, there is outrage. So the outrage is that he's broken his 45-day sex, uh, sex addicts retreat. He left early. Uh, people aren't happy about that. He thinks he's cured, obviously. Rose McGowan, who you've interacted with before, she um, she's wished him a happy birthday on Twitter in a, a very uh, provocative way. And then at the end, she said, we fucking won. So she's uh, trolling him, which is good. But yeah, he left this, uh, this, this retreat, uh, 45-day sex addiction therapy retreat in Arizona. How much do you reckon Dorji'd pay for 45 days of sex addiction therapy? 45 days, $45 million? No. I mean, maybe for the sex addiction you have, but uh, just for a normal sex addiction. No, honestly, was, I'd, I'd put it. I'd put it around uh, what three hundred grand or something. It was fifty-eight thousand. Okay, cheap, very cheap. Yeah. So the places I stay are much more expensive <laughs> than that. Uh, at, at this uh, therapy retreat, you get up at six thirty for meditation. Then you have an organic uh, farm-raised brekkie. Not an orgasmic farm-raised because otherwise that wouldn't help with the addiction. It would not. No, it wouldn't. Very good. <laughs> You'd imagine fucking Weinstein getting into breakfast. Imagine how much he would eat. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, watch me shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oysters. <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> Talk about pigs. Then you have a group meeting, then an individual therapy meeting, then uh, lectures, then you get um, art therapy, and then let lights out at seven. Not, not, le- not lectures. You wouldn't want to go, make sure they're lectures. Yeah, I'll yeah, take, you don't want to... Or, you could get a lecture in lechery, couldn't you? Well, you'd want to... I'll take the lechery 101, please. <laughs> you'd want the opposite of that because you want... It's not... You're not learning how to be a sex... Anti-lechery. Addict. Anti-lechery, yes. Um, but his, the big news that's come out is that he's looking to... Uh, his, his comeback is going to be a documentary on himself. So Harvey Weinstein's funding his own documentary. How's he going to do it? He just, he just announced himself bankrupt the other day. How's he going to fund it? Yeah, uh, good question. I mean, who's going to, who's going to come to his aid? Um, and I was trying to think, what would the title be, George? Because, you know, obviously I have a... Freeze um, Doco. Yeah. I was thinking it could be called Predator. Obviously you have, obviously you have a what? What? Oh, I have a lot of DVDs. Oh, you have a lot of DVDs. Okay. So I've been looking through. I've got a few of them here. I've been looking through. So it, um, oh, you yeah, go on. What, what is the tagline for Predator? Predator. Oh, I don't have it in front of me, but it would be a good one. It would be a good one. Yeah, it'd be ta- good. It's a shame you don't have it in front of you. It kind of ruins the, <laughs> the idea of even bringing it up in the first place. Well, I just went to um, St. Vincent's because I've got an addictive personality. Um, right. And, and uh, as, as you know, and, and um, at my, my girlfriend, Honey Babe's, been she's pretty much banned me from buying dvds but i went to st Vin- vinnie's after a particularly um disappointing um audition for a, a master ad and mm-hmm. i binged i spent 79 dollars on dvds at three dollars 25 each for each dvd i've got the people versus larry flint with the tagline is he's the world's most unlikely hero okay uh mary antoinette at 15 she became a bride at 19 she became a queen at 20 she was a legend yeah, it's not bad. Can, could you do it? Actually, could you do the films in the style of the film? Okay, so, I'll try. Because that was an action read for Mary Antoinette. <laughs> I think you want to do more of well, You're the uh, expert. You're the well, expert. No, but could you just, you can just try and be a bit more correct. You could do it because you know the director of Sofia Coppola. You could do it in that slightly upstate sort of hoity toity hipster, you know, read. Because mm. that's what I imagine she would have. How would you do that? At, at 15, she became a bride. There you go. At 19, she became a queen. At 20, she was a legend. 
Yeah, that's it. See, that's that to me. That feels like the film. It was just a complete obnoxious, what about this one? Uh, expensive. They were trying to show that she was arguing she was the Kardashian of her time. So it's that sort of read. You know? I reckon from now on you're going to have to try and guess what they are. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, and do it within the style of the movie. She broke the rules and changed their lives. G.I. Jane? Oh, that's good. I'm actually, I've got that on order from JB Hi-Fi. I'm going to get G.I. Jane. I was thinking that could oh, be a good one. Aaron idea. Brockovich. No, you're very close. It's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Dangerous Minds? Yes, mate. Well done. Good, but I'm right. not sure if that was, that sounded like an action read again. How would you do me. it? She broke the rules and changed their lives. I was trying to sound warm. <clears throat> she broke the rules and changed their lives. Oh, that's why you get paid the big bucks. All so right. It's just got a bit more warmth to it. Okay, here we go. This is a comedy. Because when it comes down to it, Dangerous Minds was a warm film because it's about her changing like a whole bunch. It's like, um, what was that? The Longest Yard? What was the No, is that the one? With the, with the massive fat blocker and Sandra Bullock and she takes oh, him. Yeah. Blindside. Well, Blindside, she takes... <laughs> it was so <laughs> condescending. She's like, look at the lovely white woman <laughs> taking on the, the fat black guy from No Money and turns him into a real man. <laughs> like, it was, what the fuck, man? Yeah. I liked yeah, it though. I liked you it. liked it? <laughs> it was a good movie. So I'm a sucker for sport and, and, and... Look, she's giving him seven eggs. She's so nice. It's a true story though. Yeah, it might People be People love story. true stories. Most of the taglines are true stories. It's a bit but who's annoying. funding the story and why they're funding it? Mm, good question. So obnoxious. Anyway, keep going. He has the power to hear everything women are thinking. Finally, a man is listening. Finally, a man is listening. Oh, it's got to be what, what women want, yeah? Yes! It's a callback. I had to. I had to get it. Good callback. You said it was such a good movie. Did you watch it? Well, not yet, but um, um, maybe that'll be it. the next review. Can I just say I, I made Georgie watch Airheads with me last night? Yeah, <laughs> and she did not enjoy it at all. I've never she, seen it. It's, I think it's really funny, but she didn't like it. Is it the one with Brendan Fraser? <laughs> yeah, but it's got a great cast: Adam Sandler, Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi. Uh, who, who's the who's Kramer? What's his name again? Um, Michael Richards. Michael Richards. The problem is, and this is what I always fell for, and that Hollywood does. Judd Nelson. A great cast does not maketh a great movie. It's actually the the, the writing. It's not. It's not a great movie, but it, it's. It, I think it's more nost- for nostalgic sake. It's great, and it also it's got that great segment where he talks about. Spoiler alert that he was a nerd in high school and used to play Dungeons and Dragons and eat his boogers. And that's quite... It's quite... I don't think anyone's worried about you spoiling ads. Do you know a great comedy uh, that, that I hadn't watched that I watched recently was Step Brothers? Yeah, that's, that's very funny. That's very, very funny. very funny. I put that in the top pantheon of like, you know, shitty comedy. So in the good. Last 20 years. So good. They're just running amok. Those two boys are running amok. That's having a great time. <laughs> having a fucking great time. 45-year-old dude's having a great time. <laughs> All right, hit me up. What else you got? Hide your bridesmaids. Hide your bride. Oh, oh, it's got to be the wedding. Uh, the wedding crashes. Yes, yes. And he. This is to show um, how. Uh, Can you do it in a bit more jockey, like a little bit more like uh, who's the what's you the, do um, it. you do what's it what's the lead actor's the the the, the jock guy who's Owen name Wilson. Again? No, Vince no, Vaughan. he's not a jock. The other guy, Vince Vaughn. Okay. <laughs> Hide your bridesmaids, because <laughs> we're gonna fuck them. <laughs> That's, that's, uh, what, that's what the film. That's what they're saying, right? Good movie as well. Good movie. The best person in that movie. That was the. That was really the arrival of Bradley Cooper. That movie was, it? was very funny. Oh. Yeah, he plays the jock brother. He's, he's yeah. slightly overweight, and he's like, "Yeah, crab cakes and football. That's how we do it in New England." He's like the menacing older brother. Probably the closest it's been to his real personality, apparently. Yeah. He really is that guy, pretty much. He was good. He was good. And just to show what a businessman John O'Burns is, mm. I, bought, I picked this DVD up for $3.25. There's mm. a tag on it that says $39.99. Once upon a time, people were paying a cool 40 bucks, and then it said now twelve ninety nine. So, that was a big you know, uh, cost. That's not, that's, that's not the actual tagline, though. What's the, what's the, what's the tagline on the film? No, this is the wedding crashes. I was still on the wedding crashes. Oh, you're still talking okay. about how much it was. <laughs> that was just a, you're talking about how much it's gone down in price. Well, I got a bit news for you, mate. Most DVDs have gone down heavily in price, but that, uh, forty bucks is a okay. lot for a for a DVD. Okay. Did it have a whole bunch of special features on it or something? Or why yeah, would it, why would it... yeah. There's, there's special features. There's a deleted scenes, behind the scene feature. Signed by Vince Vaughn or something. <laughs> I mean, forty bucks. What the hell? That's a lot. Well, oh, that's what you used to pay, mate. Um, Actually, speaking I... of breakouts, that yep. was uh, famously, of course. Uh, Isla Fisher's breakout role. It was. Um, which was the line, I'm going to find you. She's that funny. Was her, that yeah, was she's her funny, funny girl. So what would, we call, what would we call the movie The Harvey Weinstein? So I was thinking um, 
You know, uh, I famously used to, used to hang out with Isla Fisher back in, in the Perth days. I thought I had a chance of dating her at one stage. Yeah. Well, I mean, used to hang out is probably an extension. I saw her once at a cinema and she was on the top level and I was on the bottom level and we locked and made eye contact and I thought it was on. Um, I, and and uh, that was the extent. I had a girlfriend at the time, so I probably shouldn't have made eye contact like that. But, You're allowed um, to make eye contact with someone. Yeah, you? I guess. Well, not according to some of your friends, but yes. Okay, yeah, you are. You're, I think you are. But uh, funnily enough... Uh, I, this is a name drop. I told Sasha Baron Cohen that story, remember? And he, uh, yeah, he, he. Here we go. And the name drops are really coming now. Dorji once saw Isla Fisher, but he did talk to Sasha Baron Cohen, and he said yeah. he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy, and he said, "I think it's a great story." He said, "He's like, oh, you, he's lovely." So you, pro- you probably did have a chance. And I was like, "Oh, that's very nice." And he goes, and then he said, well, "So you're from Perth as well?" I said, "Yes." And he he, he talked about how he dated. A, a, I mean, this is one for the listeners if, if you can try and figure it out. I, I've never really managed to figure it out. He uh-huh. said he used to date a Victoria's Secret model who was from Ooh. Perth. Okay. And he went he went on a date with her. It was going really well. And then she suddenly became super anti-Semitic about oh. halfway through the date. What do you mean, became or just was saying anti-Semitic? Yeah, as in, yeah, yeah. She, she didn't she like, was, she wasn't converted to anti No, no, she's Semiticism. Not due to him. No, um, not uh, due to him, no. No, there you go, very good. Um, but by the end, he realized it wasn't going to work out at all. And that was his, I'd, I've never managed to figure out who it was. So if anyone can, uh, let, let me know if you can put it together. It would have been, I suppose, I, when I was chatting to Sasha. Could be anyone in Perth. To be the entire population of Perth. It's true. I was. Yes, it's true. So, Perth is quite a, a cultural backwater in a lot of ways. What? What about what? What could we call this movie? Come on, let's let's. Uh, Which one? The, well, the Harvey Weinstein movie. Oh, the Harvey Weinstein movie. Going back to what we're actually going to call it. Um, yeah, Predator. I think it could be called Predator. Oh, the real Predator. Uh, if, it, if it bleeds, he will kill it. Maybe something like that. What about that. this one? That's a- what about this? Coming soon now. Ah. Yeah, that's not Coming. bad. But what about if you made a, a, a period joke? If it bleeds. He will try to... Um, but he's not, he's not into periods. He's No, but the point is he only goes for females, right? That's my point, if it bleeds. Because uh, he'll, 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 yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the... If it bleeds, it will, we can kill it. That's the predator tagline, isn't it? Like, that's the... Yeah. What about a, a touching story that's gross? <laughs> no, it's not very good. It's terrible. <laughs> okay. Wait, here, I, found, I found one. Oh, soon the hunt will begin. That's the actual tag for predator. Ah, cool. Soon the hunt will begin. Yeah, or, yeah. What about um, uh, another title? Remember that movie, Wild Hogs? Yes. Could just yep. call it Wild Hog. Not bad. Singular. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And just have a picture of him on a motorbike. Just what about, what about just Pig Man? Pig, pig. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Pig. That would work. Fuck Pig. Fuck Pig. Harvey yeah. Weinstein. Harvey Fuck Weinstein pig. in Fuck Pig. Yeah. Gentlemen, George. Full disclosure. In the raw, going to Jono for his review of the week. Well, as promised, I'm I um I'm, I'm looking I'm going through my DVD collection, and my DVD collection only has movies that I stand behind, or that I haven't seen before, and that I pick up for seven dollars at JB Hi-Fi or at the um, op shop. And I got Gandhi. I'd never seen it before, and I've always been interested. Uh, the tagline for that is. Every movie... Oh, no, that's... No. <laughs> that's The Expendables. Every movie has a hero. This one has them all. No, this, the, his one was, His triumph changed the world forever. So that... Maybe that was a bit action as well. No, it'd be warm. So he would very... <clears throat> Gandhi. His triumph changed the world forever. Something like that. You know, oh, that's it's pretty be, good. It's, it's got to be about... It's because it's such an important... You have to have it with you know, depth and, and, and gravitas. Yes. Well, that's why yeah, that's why you're the expert on that. But um, <laughs> it was a good movie. It was a really good movie. It's uh, Attenborough's brother directed it. Um, mm. not, I'm sorry, he's his own he's his own man. You might you might have seen him in Jurassic Park. He was uh, in in Jurassic Park, and um, he it, it was it was hard for him to get funded. Uh, he 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 did it for twenty two million because uh, it was an expensive. It was one of the last cast of thousand movies. There's definitely no CGI and uh, fill in uh, fake fake the. Um, Fake the masses. They really went there with the masses, and it's it even feels dated for the 1980s. I I felt watching it because it was kind of the same year I think that Raging Bull came out. Whereas this movie, very uh, long shots, uh, lots of talking heads, but the story does persevere, and the performance by a young uh, ben, Kingsley. Ben, ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley uh, was an unknown uh, in movie going terms. Anyway, he just done Hamlet on on stage. But uh, it took them a long time to to cast 
cast him, and he, he's he's fantastic in it. He's fantastic in it. They kind of look at it at three stages of his life. They look at um, him in South Africa when he kind of uh, takes on oppression uh, there. Then he moves to India, and um, it's it's a long movie. I'm not going to lie. It's, a, it's about three hours, but um, it did persevere, and uh, so did Gandhi. And uh, he it's it's a tour de force by uh, by Sir Sir Ben, and I felt I learnt a lot. Um, any questions? Did you do a bit of research yourself on it? Yeah, I did. Do you know what Ben Kingsley's real name <laughs> was, he was born in, with? Any idea? No, what? Krishna Pandit Banji. There you go. So so even though he he painted his face brown, he was Indian. So that makes it all right, doesn't it, George? I don't, I don't think he painted. He didn't paint his face brown. Yeah, he definitely did, big time. Because you no, look he, at him, you look no, at his he colour. Didn't. He's not as brown as that. He's super brown. Yeah, he browned up, mate. No, he nah, he's not super sun. brown. You look at it. You look at him in the first scene, and when he's got hair, and he doesn't look anything like that. But anyway, they they looked at first. They were really going to brown face people. They were looking at Anthony Hopkins. But you know the yeah, the, the major reason no one would do it is they couldn't lose the weight. Richard Burton was right. going to do it. Can you imagine Richard Burton, Alex Alec Guinness, and then uh, the closest they got was uh, was John Hurt who was just coming off the Elephant Man, and mm-hmm. he looked at Ben Kingsley's screen test and he said, give it to him. Oh, so you're right. Was... It's seven hours. He had a makeup session of seven hours to yeah. get into that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you do research or are you just going to Google away while, while we're talking? No, I did. I did look at research. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I did. Um, do you know what, uh, what really stood out as well is there's a, there's a cameo from Daniel Day-Lewis in this movie. There's some, there's some great, uh, great actors. Yeah, he plays a racist South African and he's just fantastic as you can imagine. He uh, apparently spent one year's uh, research living in South Africa uh, beating up black people for the role, which is, um, you know, just started early and that kind of thing. Then there was also uh, Martin Sheen plays a, a journalist and he, he's very similar to his performance in Apocalypse Now. He's very good at watching and listening. Have you noticed that with, with Yeah, he's a great Martin listening Sheen? actor. Yep. Great he's listening actor. Always kind of similar to- freakish. Similar to myself that way. Great listener. Very, you know, very good at this listening. Yeah, you're good at um, acting and looking like at- you're listening. There's no doubt about it. You're, great. you're a great actor listener. Yep. You're an active acting listener. There's no doubt about that. So it, it was up against E.T. that year at the Academy Awards. Yes. And um, E.T. was a lot of people's favourites to win Best Film. And, and Attenborough got behind E.T. He thought it was a great film and he hoped it would win Best Picture, Best Director. When he, and then when he won, the argument is... Spielberg cast him in Jurassic Park to say oh. thank you for all your support um, in regard on in, ni- in 1982. But it's a long, long bow considering Jurassic Park was made in 93. Yes. It's a good uh, 11 years later. But and, that's, and, and, and also, like, I don't think those, sci- like those scientific sci-fi movies really win Oscars. That's how good E.T. was, rarely. probably. That's true. I mean, yeah. and generally speaking, these sort of political nature uh, films seem to... Involving great historical figures. I mean, look at um, Churchill this year. It goes on Lincoln in the past. The films which have, dare I use that word, gravitas again, seem to generally bring home the biscuits. But Lincoln now, didn't. Lincoln didn't win. Link, uh, Argo won that year. No, but, but that's also um, historical. Didn't Daniel Day win Best Actor? For oh, Lincoln? big time! Daniel, sure. Daniel Day almost won Best Actor for his two minutes in Gandhi. He's uh, he's got a lock on the award. He's won three, hasn't he? He's won three or four. I think he's got in the name of the father there will be blood and um he's a pig. <laughs> Oscar pig. He, he would have won for the Gangs of New York for sure. I I, Supporting I, I that was I thought that was over the top. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I thought he went too far. That's when he went. No, too far. Fail, he fails gloriously when he I thought that was a failure personally. It was cartoonesque. Now George while I was doing my research on this film there was something that really stood out to me. There's um you might want to google it now that he he, uh, his follow-up film to this, or maybe not his follow-up, but a few films later, he always just wants to make historical biopics. And he right. made a, uh, a film set in Canada with Piers Brosnan. Now, oh, no. um, did, I, did, it, did you see that? Is it, can I, is it the one with the volcano in it? No, 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 no. no he, he didn't know the volcano one. Can you, can you Google? Are, uh, you, are well, you doing Google? Well, no. Why do Lonely I Bear, I think it's called. I think it's called Lonely Bear. Is that the one with Al McPherson in it? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it was, it was, it was. I think it was the most expensive movie ever to go straight to video because it was, it was so bad. Know. And it's, I, it's, it's about it's, a, a native. Yeah, it's so obscure. There's nothing on on the, on the internet about. It. Yeah, go on. <laughs> well, it's about a guy that wanted to save beavers in Canada. <laughs> so sure, he did. 
Oh, go on, get the beaver saving like you him. when you've been in the US a few times, mate. You've been trying to save a few beavers as well. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about there. Oh, really? <laughs> Single mums with no furniture? Ring any bells? <laughs> What's that about? What does that mean with beavers, though? Save the beaver! Gentlemen, <laughs> George. Full disclosure. No holds barred. No holds barred. Hey, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that, 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 that's my review of the week. Uh, but but you know what? Because it was so half done, and because you don't have uh, a um, a radio play this week, I thought yes. I would. Um, and but because I'm not very good at technology, I thought I thought you could cut this together later and put the music. Oh, you on. thought you so you thought <laughs> I could do this? So you're volunteering me to do a project you thought? Of. Do you know how hard it is to do stuff? I don't think you understand. Anyway, go on, go on. What's your genius idea, which probably involves about? So, 45 hours of man labor. Okay, I'm just going gonna, 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 gonna to just um, sing this a cappella, but then you can... Um, cut it you together. Fill it, fill it, yeah, yeah, cut it together. Sure. Okay. Just create the project, essentially. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a rainy afternoon. Partition. The big Indian storm. Gandhi, you are so fine. Beautiful, beautiful boy from the north. You burn my heart with a flickering torch. You had a dream that no one else could see. You gave them love for free, for free. Gandhi, 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 I can't let you go. All my life you're haunting me I love you so Yeah, well, it hurt me real bad when you stopped eating I'm glad you ate again, but, you know, I miss you I've had a hole in my heart for so long You stopped eating and just smiled along Down on the street those men are all the same They need your love Not bread Not bread Hey, you come here Gandhi, Gandhi, Gandhi I can't let you go I think uh, that's. I think that, I get the idea. It works well. No, look, we'll cut it together. There. If it was red faces, it would be done by now. So we should. Exactly. I'll, I'll just cut I bet that you're together. not going to. You're well. not going to put any sound. You're it just going to leave me naked. The there. I know what you're going to do. Numerous- <laughs> The, new, the problems, there's numerous problems. But there's no tempo, so there's no key. So how, how do you just, just going to hope that it's pitch. vaguely in the same speed and key? Like, you know, I'd have to, <laughs> well, I'll prove it. No, you, you know when and we'll, hey, I'll, I'll have a look at it, mate. But I think we got, we, we got the joke about halfway through the song, so there's no need to go on with the entire song. Candy rhymes with Gandhi. Yeah, Candy Candy. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, yeah. No holds barred. You know, I've started telling people I'm a podcaster. <laughs> Keeps the uh, keeps the wolves at bay, mate. Who have you been telling? Who have you been telling? What do you do, mate? Oh, I'm a podcaster. Uh, just anyone who'll listen. Bryn, the guy from the bike shop downstairs. Oh yeah, good. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I just want to tease that next week I'm going to be reviewing Soul Man, which I also picked up. And have you heard of Soul Man? It says a comedy with heart and soul, and it's uh. The, ta- the, the, the bio is Mark Watson is going to Harvard Law School on scholarship. The scholarship is for a black applicant from Los Angeles. There's a problem, dot, dot, dot. Mark is white. Brother, is he in for an education? So I'll be reviewing Soul Man next week. Great. Right. <laughs> so you don't sound it? too enthusiastic. Uh, Mark, uh, sorry, C. Thomas Howe and Ray from The Outsiders. He, he was an he was actor that just never really... He was the one that never really took off from The Outsiders. He was in the so Brat what's, Pack. What's really, what's really remarkable about this film? Why are you, why are you watching it and reviewing it? Uh, I think it's because well, we've never heard of it. And it's a guy doing blackface and it's a comedy. Oh, it's blackface? Yeah. That's, oh. Didn't you hear the tagline? He's pretending to be a black person. Oh, uh, okay. So, it's yeah. like what, famously white chicks in, in reverse, essentially. Yeah. Like white chicks, but offensive. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I was watching Aladdin yesterday with George and I found that quite offensive now. That's animated. That's a- oh, because of his, because of Robin Williams. 
No, it's just that, not just that. It's just the fact that like there's all these Arabic stereotypes and everyone's speaking in Broadway American accents. Like what the, I, I, I find it bizarre as a concept. It's um, the way it treats Arabic society, uh, the way it looks at the, the far East. Um, and then it's, well, it doesn't make any sense. Like the, the parrot is like a, a, a fat African, uh, sorry, the parrot is like a fat Italian American there's like, or, or is he Jewish? I don't know. But like, this everyone's just American. It doesn't make it, the chick's got an American sort of everyone. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, there's just random accents thrown into it that don't make any sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's real. I think it's quite offensive. Huh. I don't forget. And I think yeah. it just sort of trivializes and and and, uh, and 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 treats the um the 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 Far East as like some sort of exotic playground. It, it plays that exotic. The Orient idea that they had for a long time over in the states, and the way of um, diminishing and being condescending towards other cultures. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, how do they see America? I guess they like America. some of them like America. Yeah, yeah, I, I, probably bigger fish to fry than Aladdin. It's full disclosure: the Jono and George podcast. Without further ado, it's time for Jono's Full Disclosure. Okay, well, George, a lot of pressure on me this week because obviously you dropped a bombshell about your biological father wanting you to biologically father his next child with your biological stepmom or just your stepmom who's younger than you uh, by quite a, quite a while uh, and he wanted you to be, to sire the next to sire your little brother or little sister. So I really felt a lot of pressure here. I was just going to tell a, a throwaway story, but um, I think I've got to go somewhere, something shameful for myself. So unfortunately, it's with uh, a heavy heart that I have to admit that I've um, started looking at porn again. And um, as you'll know, I was off porn for... Oh, I reckon two years. I reckon I, I, I just quit porn, cold turkey, uh, cold turkey slap. And I, um, and yeah, I just, just stopped looking. I had a bit of a problem with it. I was looking at it too much. I mean, I'm happy talking about this sort of stuff because obviously I've done one-man shows and things like that where I talk quite a lot about uh, porn and that, that sort of thing. And, and yeah, I just stopped looking at it on the, on the computer. And um, look, to be honest, uh, the only... Uh, positive byproduct of quitting porn, apart from the self-loathing and uh, uh, sore wrist, was um, just a sense of smugness that I could tell people that I'd quit porn. I didn't like feel any more kind of like uh, libido drive or anything like that, um, or um, empathy or anything like that. Uh, but uh, I had a, I had a deadline coming up and I've just started looking at at porn, and I've been looking at it on my phone, which is pretty gross uh, and and scary. That then now it can pop up on my phone at any stage. Obviously, I work, you know, at a school and at a hospital, and I'm worried that I'm going to get viruses on my phone. And yeah, I I feel yeah I feel like someone at AA or something that slipped uh, back into porn. And uh, yeah, I'm looking to looking to kick the habit. I've as a byproduct, I've quit alcohol for the month. I'm going to, I'm having a month off alcohol, but yeah, I'm looking, um, I don't feel good about it. So that's my full disclosure. It's not so much a fool. It's more just like a, yeah, kind of a gross guy that objectifies women. I just, I don't, I've, you know, I'm not happy. Also just all the research on the porn industry and, and just what it's doing to society. I just don't want to, I don't want to support it. Um, the only one I want to support is Stormy Daniels and hopefully she takes down the, the, the president, but yeah. That's George, my full disclosure for the week. Why did you stop in the first place? Uh, probably to be smug. Oh, and just because, you know, I just thought it was... I thought there would be more benefits, really. I thought that, you know, maybe... Yeah, maybe I would make, it would make me a better person. And it, it didn't like, do anything. Didn't really do anything, except that I was able to drop in a conversation. I don't look at porn. I don't do that. So you felt superior. Yeah, it gave me a sense of superiority. Same as when I quit alcohol. But with alcohol, it's more you also feel left out. You don't feel left out not looking at porn because, let's be honest, it's people don't really talk about it. <laughs> How about you? Do you look at porn still? Do I look at porn still? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've gone through fluctuations. It's definitely something that I think the average layperson does. We're not alone, thankfully, so I don't think you have to feel like 
ashamed about you, it. No, exactly. No, no, that's right. Um, look, uh, the problem I, I, I find, and, and this is something that's an interesting subject matter, speaking to other friends, because you, often you want to make sure your libido is, especially when you're over into your mid to late 30s and well, getting towards 40, mm-hmm. you want to make sure your libido is firing all, on all cylinders for your partner as well. So you, can mm-hmm. be, you don't want to be selfish. Um, but a lot of friends haven't really noticed any correspondence. They've noticed they, they won't do anything sort of self-flagellation and still not have the highest libido and then if they do start self-flagellating sometimes their libido will go up so it's quite difficult to find an accurate rhyme or reason to it but overall yeah i don't think it's 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 definitely a a time killer and it's definitely a creativity killer i think it just generally makes you tired i mean look at samson and delilah look at sam <laughs> we got a friend called Sam who's not perpetually tired, so it wasn't that wasn't the analogy I was drawing. Um, Samson, yeah, and, I, Samson and Samson wasn't masturbating. No, but he, he, he after he came, his strength was. Ah. She, that's when no, she, she cut, cut his, his hair, hair off. off. Yeah, but didn't she have sex with him first? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, maybe she fucked him to, and then cut his hair while he was asleep. I think she had sex with him and he fell asleep and then she cut his hair. Yeah. Ah, I never knew that there was sex involved. How do you tire a dude out? But, mm-hmm. but I, I used to read it as a kid. So, yeah. And then they actually, fucked his eyes out. Speaking of self-flagellation, I'll go into a, 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 a... I think we should ideally... I've got so many full disclosures. But I think on the self-flagellation front, yes. I famously had a... A partner who would encourage, speaking of Samson and Delilah, encourage me to um, self-flagellate yeah. as she self-flagellate. It's not. That's. It's not. It's yeah. Fl- I guess because it's flogging. Is that why you say it's flogs? <laughs> You're flogging yourself. Yep. Yeah. In many yeah, ways. You, like, in many ways you, is that you, how you do it? Do you have a whip and and <laughs> and a bucket full of <laughs> lube? lube? Like oh, whipping ah. yourself on that. Yeah, it shouldn't be done like that, George. It should just be done gently. <laughs> no, I'm talking about it because, you know, you're really flogging yourself mentally yes, as well. Was, yes, absolutely. Yes, it, it, it works both ways. Yes. And I think it works both ways for some most people. people. Talk I think about it's, having it's a, a crank. It's a double cry, whammy. Cry you know? like some, I think people don't have it, don't think about it uh, probably a lot better off. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, sure, I spanked the monkey. What of it? You know, they like right. not bothered. But um, anyway, point being. Yes. There was this um, partner who shall remain nameless. It was very young. It was a long time ago. One of my early girlfriends in Sydney. And she was very, she very much enjoyed... Um, I'm going to guess this is before we, I knew you. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. Okay. No, no, it was, was not before you knew me. Yeah. And um, she was a, a... Let's just go... She was an eastern suburb socialite. And she quite liked the uh, finishing our, our, our sexual um, escapades with... Sessions. With, <laughs> with um, us reaching crescendo with... Uh, a pipe, an ice pipe. <laughs> No, actually, funnily enough, her boyfriend before me, she said, was into that sort of thing. Yeah, but I, I, basically, we, we just, yeah, we'd, we'd reach crescendo of our own accord, what staring at each other. And then when, we, when, when the relationship was over, I moved on to another partner and I started doing that at the end. And she was disgusted. She just went, <laughs> what are you doing? And I was like, what, what? And she's like, what are you doing? And yeah, I was like, so weird. isn't this what we do? And she's like, no, you don't. That's disgusting. If you want to do that, go to the bathroom. I don't want to see that. And I was like, oh, damn. But it was just, you know, I'd been trained up as such from a, the previous partner that I, I, I guess a, a, an intelligent human being would probably realize that one, one, one um, habit doesn't, it's not a, a one size fits all type of approach. But yeah, I'd, I'd just been in the use of that's what one does towards the end of one's sexual um, activity yeah. uh, with, with your romantic um, consort and yeah. unfortunately it wasn't the case and she was really disgusted so lesson learnt uh, you once you do something in one person it doesn't necessarily yeah because um, they're not all the same Dutch. Not, not, not <laughs> every one of your girlfriends is the same oh yeah here's my girlfriend my girlfriend likes this they're all in, yeah that's good you've learned that at 38 gentlemen George full disclosure in the raw Well, Dodge, we we should move on to. You've been very patient, and yes. um, you've had a tough time. But yes. luckily for you, it's probably the best time sporting wise of the year because your Trailblazers are on an absolute tear. And yes, they are. AFL's about to start, so you'll be watching Dockers before they implode. And <laughs> um, and you get you, you. Let's talk about the Trailblazers, mate. We I'm happy to do it. Sure, uh, Portland. Well, uh, did you watch the Houston Portland game just the other day? Yeah, it was incredible. It was. And what was fascinating was we've got two big stars, yep. uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Small statured big stars. Yeah, well, small. 6'3", 6'3 and a half. That's small in NBA terms, definitely. And um, 
and, and and small schools, I should say. They went to small colleges, um, mm. Lehigh and, and Weber State. Years. And they both did four years. That's so um, cool. So there's a lot of similarities. One, one massive difference, though, is Dam- Damien Lillard has hops and speed. He's very athletic. He even was in the dunk contest, where CJ McCollum does not have those things, which means he's limited to a um, great handles and a mid-range game. I love watching to- him, George. He'd be in my top ten players to watch in the NBA now. He's great at catch and shoot, and he's great at mid-range, and he's got great handles, but he cannot really take it to the hole, which means he doesn't get the free throw opportunities that Lillard gets. Lillard's averaging around eight or nine free throws a, a game. Uh, McCollum's is around two to three. So you can but he's see so the much difference. fun to watch, Dorch. He's, he's got moves like no one else with that. With so that. much fun to watch. The mid-range. issue is if it's not falling and he's shut down in, ter- in terms of the mid-range, he doesn't have a plan B. And, and Lillard's plan B when that shut down is to take it to the hole to draw free throws, and so McCollum can't do that. Uh-huh. And so, as a result, you end up a lot more variance between his great and his um, and non-existent, which was, for example, his eight points in the recent um, Houston game. Oh, and but also Lillard didn't play well, and you took it to the wire. Lillard, yes, Lillard, but Lillard, Lillard still, was missed the fourth quarter. Still drew um, uh, a, th- a couple of three-point plays, took it to the hole, um, and still scored 20 points with uh, 10, 11, fr- 11, I think it was 12 free throws. And he would have had like terrible efficiency. He was missing. Uh, yeah, it wasn't great, but much better than McCollum's. But as I said, he's got a plan B, and that's but the, the good problem. news is, George, that you, your two superstars didn't play well. Like they were both well below average because what Lillard was seven below his average, and you almost won against the best team. But in the that league. was, I think, that was definitely part of the game plan. So basically, what Houston did is they said uh, we're going to we're going to double or and shut down these two, and if they're going to beat us, everyone else is going to have to beat us. So I mean, the chief, the chief was that his, was that a career high for three pointers for him. I think it was equal his career high from memory. Such a funny looking. Yeah, bloke. he was right. He was shooting fantastically, and and so did Harkless. Harkless played well, and so did Nurkic, and even Evan Turner came to the party. But basically, they they, they left those guys open. They Collins said, is fun to watch. I'm on the bandwagon, mate. You've won what you at that point you won twelve in a row. Uh, 13. Thirteen. Thirteen. Lucky yeah. thirteen. And you've got Boston tomorrow. I'll be I'll be tuning in. But yeah. it was so exciting, and that was awesome commentary too. I thought the um the you like was, the players only. I love players only. Yeah, because I'm oh. a player. Uh, well, who did you like listening to uh, on the players only? Without a doubt, um, absolutely number one is the little guy. He's so Nate, funny, Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. He's so Robinson funny. Was, yeah, like he step was, back, step yeah, back. He was cool. Take it to the really, whole young, young. What is he going? Your player. He was really bummed that um, Lillard couldn't shine on the day. He was, actually, was, yeah, he, he was, was optimistic. He was going Lillard time, Lillard yeah, time. He's just he was, a fan. He's a big fan of Damian Lillard. Who, who isn't? I guess he's just a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Fisher, Fisher's a bit of a company man. Yeah, uh, and I, that other guy's funny. They loved his joke. They loved um, what what's his name? Um, uh, Barry Brent Barry Mullet. He told a mullet joke, and they were pissing themselves. <laughs> oh, the mullet joke. They love that. The business at the front <laughs> party at the back. Yeah, Nate Robinson. As rare as a it. fashionable mullet, and they're like, Ugh. as rarely seen as a mullet these days. And 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 the argument was millennials won't know what a mullet was, um, which is a bit of a sad indictment on millennials. Gentlemen, George. Full disclosure. No holds barred. So, looking at the standings here, Utah are in eighth right now. Portland are in third. I, no one wants to play Utah, as I said. Minnesota are seventh. San Antonio are sixth. Okay, so they've come back strongly, San Antonio. So, that means you'd play, you'd, you'd, you'd play the Spurs. New Orleans. Would oh, and the third would play fifth. Yeah, New Orleans are fifth at the moment. Yeah, and that's be, fine. That, that, yeah, it's tight. But I'd, I'd back myself because, again, I have real question marks over Anthony Davis's ability to play. Um, regularly, um, he's, I mean, he's he's. What been are you talking in, about? <laughs> he's statistically, easily the third best player in the league this year. I said play regularly, so physically, I don't think he'll he break has down this year. No, he's been yeah, be yeah but that's an anomaly. And he's look at it, what he's done year in year out. He never never plays full seasons. He can't. He always breaks down. Mm. So I have question marks about whether he's going to be able to because they're they're really running him dry. They're doing the. Thibodeau. So who are the two teams outside? Denver and who? Uh, Denver and Clippers, Clippers. but Clippers, we, Clippers, everyone's beating Clippers easily right now. They're not, they're not in it. Oh, no, and the, Denver, Clippers, the Clippers just beat Milwaukee yesterday. Yeah, but we beat them easily. Oklahoma beat them easily. Uh, everyone's beating them easily. Do you know uh, everyone who's the- a dickhead is Austin Rivers. He talks so much trash. I'm not a fan of Doc Rivers either. I'm just not a fan of the whole franchise. But um, Pelicans, yeah, they'd, they'd be the, the front runners. But the big game, there's two big games for us coming out, which will be Oklahoma City in Oklahoma and, of course, Boston. Tomorrow, but yeah, Utah are the, the really scary team, I think, and and Minnesota, uh, unfortunately, without Jimmy Butler. Well, you know, he'll come back though. He'll be back. He'll come back, but I'm surprised as far as Thibodeau's run his players into the ground again, and they're all getting yeah. injured. So 
He's they've picked up Derek Rose. They've got they've got Gibson, Rose, and and Butler. It's pretty funny. Who, who's yeah. he going to pick up next? Bloody John Paxson or something? Something like that. But yeah, look, it's. I think Denver is the only team outside the eight that everyone would be a bit scared of because they actually managed to get it together. I mean, they've got Millsap and they've got Jokic. Denver um, are fun. They're fun. Yeah, they've got some, they've got a really great lineup. Yeah. It's just uh, it's weird they haven't been able to put it together. You have to look at the coaching staff in relation to that. But yeah, I, look, I, I'd say we'd be happy with anyone. I, I, I think we can beat Oklahoma. I think we can, we can beat. New Orleans. I'm not worried about it. the only team I'm worried about in that bottom part of the standings is Utah, who I think are pretty incredible and really dangerous. I'd be worried about Minnesota, uh, Utah, I and San Antonio. Are, I think in, against Popovich with Leonard, they, they yeah. Utah are nine and one in the last ten. That's good, but I, I'd be worried about I'd be worried about beating Aldridge, Leonard, and Gasol. Not I just Gasol think start. I'm not I'm not worried about San Antonio anymore. I don't see them as a threat. Their, their backcourt's too weak. What's well, going to be fun? Like the first, you're, you're a good chance to win the first round, but then unfortunately in the second round you're going to play Golden State. We beat them in the sweep this year. Yeah, but do you really think you'll? It was was. Uh, it, it depends on their was injury. Was Curry playing? <laughs> look, look. Did you beat you... them with Curry? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Curry was playing. The the big issue is um, they have everyone out. So right now injured. So yeah. even if they do come back by playoffs. What what's what nick are they going to be? And that's going to be really interesting. I think they'll be yeah. fine. Oh, I don't know. The old dudes are really injured. They're banged up. They're yeah. banged up old dudes. And their, their bench isn't as deep as it was. No, either. it's definitely not. not. So that's that's the issue. And we match up really well with them. The only ones I'm really worried about are Houston. In fact, if you listen to Simmons, he recently said Portland are 101 to win the championship. He put money on them. He said that's yeah. ridiculous. Do you really okay. think that, that Golden State won't get through to the finals? Should we have a bet? Let's have a bet. I'm going to bet that Golden State wins through the West. Oh, you think they're going to beat? You think they can beat Houston? I think they will beat Houston. They can beat Houston, but I think they will beat Houston. Uh, Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm happy that I I think Houston will beat Golden State. What what do we have? What a bet? What's the bet? Uh, I'll bet you uh, twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. You're on. Twenty Twenty fat ones, mate. You can take that to the bank. Yep. Okay. Happy to happy to take it on. All right, well, and then we go to the I casino. We'll go to the casino, and uh, <laughs> we'll put it on. We'll put it on uh, blackjack. Uh, okay. When I come what, why are we going? Why, why are we doubling down on gambling? <laughs> what, the, what are we turning <laughs> this into? I don't know. Oh, I just well, feel like going to the casino. You know, it's like which casino are we going to go to? Masturbating again, <laughs> gambling. <laughs> fuck it. It's all uh, falling apart, mate. And wait, and finally, one before we leave, one last update on John is a, a school teacher. Does despite when he's not masturbating and gambling, John is a school teacher, um, and he's writing a, a school play. John, what's the update on your school play? You've got to write the play. When's it, when's it got to be done by? Where are you ago. in the process? It was due two weeks ago, but Tim hasn't been doubling down on the. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm, it's coming together. It's coming together. What's what's the give us, fill our listeners in about what the premise of the play? Okay, uh, school camp. An alien crashes. They meet the alien. He tells them that his planet is being kind of uh, has been overrun and is it's it's kind of suffering uh, natural disasters. And so there's been a bloodless coup. So he's come to hide on Earth. They offer to give him asylum. Uh, they cross a couple of hurdles, getting the, te- the the teacher at camp to let him stay, getting their parents to let him stay. But then when they take the kid to school, everything's fine. The the, the teachers have no questions whatsoever. They're acting a bit strange. Then we we find out that all the teachers are aliens as well. Uh, they try and scare the aliens out of the school, but this uh, their friend alien double crosses them and tells the the aliens the aliens are afraid afraid of cats, and so they make a giant cat. And the alien the, the, this is the MacGuffin. This is where it falls. This is where I haven't written so well. Uh, and then they get captured. But then the alien has a, a crisis of conscience and releases them, and it's a happy ending. I'm struggling at the end of the second act at the moment, but but I've I've written written. Is two it based thirds. on? Did you come up with the idea from the game Alien, which we've played numerous times over the years with our friends, where you have to, a captain who chooses friends to go on the ship, and one of them is the alien, and they kill everyone. If if you, did you play that? No, that, what, I do. I play that with the kids at school. Yes, so no, but that's not, not where the idea came from. No, I, th- I think usually it's not good to come up like to to base an entire story on a game like Battleship the movie. Like I don't think maybe I should review Battleship the movie. Yeah, can I you quickly, that- George? Can you Google uh, tagline for Battleship? The movie. Yeah, it had Liam Neeson. Really? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Uh, it had uh, Rihanna. But it was, remember that game Battleship? Yeah, of course. Like, they made a fucking um, movie like, out of it. Um, A twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Missed. No. Yeah. Um, missed. 
D seven hit. Yeah, hit. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a fun game. Yeah, they, we've we've got that at school. People play that at school. It's very concentrating. It's quite math based as well. You know, Is it math you, based? You, you, no, it's completely fucking random. No, because you use the, the the graph. You have to like you look across yeah, it's math like based, A twelve. Yeah. If you D7. make a mistake, yeah, it's like bingo. If you make a mistake, you don't get it. It's basically yeah, but you have to bingo. get used to understanding how a graph works because you have got the A twelve B seven. Yes, like you have to start bare, understanding. Yeah. Sure, um, as an adult, it, not that hard. It's a luck based game. <laughs> For a kid, it's good to learn. You know, it's good, <laughs> to, learn. Um, good to learn. I don't. Th- I'm not seeing anyone that you mentioned. I'm seeing Rihanna. That, yeah. Oh, no, you're right, Liam Neeson. You're right. Oh, they're the two I mentioned. It made sixty five million underperformed, but three hundred three million worldwide. What was the tagline? Tagline was the ba- okay <clears throat> battleship. The battle for Earth begins at sea. <laughs> there you, go. Uh, you think it be- begins with E or B? It doesn't begin with C. <laughs> the what, battle it's, for it, Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's got um, it's got uh, Rihanna, Brooklyn Deck, and Liam Neeson. How do they get Liam Neeson to do a film based mm. on the game? That's Ten million bucks, I reckon. Probably more. Yeah, Fifty gave him a lot of money. <laughs> You know, apparently... Money. Uh, the answer's money. Money. Anthony Hopkins doesn't read scripts. He just... If you pay him $15 million, he'll do your movie. That's, but what are you basing that on? That's It's a fact. They, they just, he just has a number. He doesn't okay. read the script. And, and same with uh, Ray Winston. I think Ray Winston's $10 million. I think I heard it on uh, Aronofsky when he cast uh, Noah. Uh they just add gravitas to it. That, that's the problem with, with going for cast you know they, of story. You know story. they shouldn't have cast in Noah? Russell Crowe? <laughs> that was their first era. Is that cu- cultural appropriation? Because Noah was Middle Eastern. Yeah, definitely. I mean, most of the Bible, everything from the Bible, basically that we we do is it's yeah. the Middle Eastern people. Mm. Uh, um, okay. Well, look. On that note, we'll, uh, we'll I look forward to getting more about the play because that's fascinating. And, and <laughs> what's great about it is it has that great self-flagellation angle, which you love, where you <laughs> um, you're, you're hating yourself for taking too long, yet you continue to do it yeah. and then feel worse about it. And, yeah. and you're it's talking about the play or masturbation? <laughs> no, just your general approach to life, which okay. is um, you know do do uh, commit to something or, or do something which you feel guilty about, and then yeah. um, go further and further into the guilt, and then hide from the guilt, which makes you feel more guilty. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that great little double whammy. It's, um, yeah, it's fantastic. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. It's, it, I, I, is it, yeah, it does Very have human. elements of... It, it seems quite Jewish to me, yeah. to be honest with you. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for now, I'll leave it to you, Jono, to wrap up another week of Full Disclosure. We're back. Once a week we're doing this now, everyone. Coming up next week, obviously, we'll have the Tim Winton radio play that will lead into Dorji's Full Disclosure. Can he top last week? Then we'll have a review on Soul Man, uh, which is a romantic comedy about blackface. And... There'll be other stuff too, probably in the news. Maybe we'll talk about Nick Kyrgios as well. Until then, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to you every week from Sydney and Melbourne. It's Full Disclosure. The Jono and Dodge Podcast. Channel and Dorge. Full disclosure.